and welcome to the Hack Your Mindset podcast with me, Jenny Winterleach, the Mindset Hacker. So wherever you are today and whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this, settle in and enjoy the ride. Hi, 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 everybody. Welcome, welcome. We are day two of Eden Fest, and it's lovely to see so many of you joining in. And I hope that you found Nadia as inspirational as we did yesterday. Sue, I know you watched Nadia as well. She was amazing, wasn't she? She's just so honest and just awesome. Amazing lady. Absolutely amazing. amazing. Yeah. Just talking about owning her now and why it's really important to be honest with yourself um, why it's really important to, you know, ask for help when you need it, find that support, change things and just be always in the now and not worrying about the future or the past, just always thinking, where am I now and what do I need? So Nadia was amazing, amazing yesterday. Um, and so tonight I'm thrilled to be joined by yourself, Sue. Hi, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Sue, you've had um, an incredible story as well. Um, with lots of highs and lows and um, lots of just fascinating things that you've learned along the way and I know you love to share it with people as well to you know help others and to help them understand what you've been through and how actually a lot of it is totally normal even if you don't feel it so just tell us a little bit about owning your fear because that's what tonight is all about and and why you know, actually, you're you're a great person to speak to about this. What is it that that is you? What is it that means you've owned your fear? I'm going to say you probably don't remember, but I spoke to you when we first met about drawing a line in the sand. I do remember that. Yeah. So Jenny and I had this conversation about drawing a line in the sand in the sense of you get so far. And you're not sure whether to take the next step. But once you take the next step, you feel like you own it. You've made a, you, you've, tra- you know, you've, you've made that transition forward. And, and basically what I do is take really small steps forward and I own every step of my way. Yeah. And it's, t- it's taken yeah. quite a while, but it's, it's, I own it. It's mine. No one can take yeah. it off me. Awesome. So we're going to be talking more about things like that as we go. But just tell us a little bit about how it is that you started this real transformation, actually, this real change in yourself um a few years back now and maybe even before that but yeah so I've uh, my mum and dad uh, were Irish so I've always sort of had horses or been round horses or uh, and I've ridden from a really young age and um uh had my own horses when I was a teenager and used to do unbelievably stupid things on them as everyone did I had a very very nutty chestnut mare um galloped about i am from south london originally live in surrey now but galloped around wimbledon common and had a you know fantastic days out and then i grew up and uh didn't have horses and then about 15 years ago i started riding again and i would always have sort of a bit of a wobble but um i was at a brilliant riding school um down in surrey called silvermere and they had fantastic instructors and um they always used to, you know, compliment my confidence all the time. And then I made a big change at work and uh, I left the role I was at and um, decided to take redundancy and decided to treat myself for my 50th birthday to buy a horse, which is what I've always wanted. And um, I met a lovely lady down in Surrey called Lynn Roberts um, and she found me a horse um, who said, she said was perfect for me and how she was very, very right. Um, 
And so I took up riding, you know, ownership again. And the transition from owning Dolly to um, only a couple of months, um, I went home to Ireland and I had an accident. And um, I didn't think it really bothered me at the time, to be honest with you. I mean, it hurt, but I didn't think it sort of stuck uh, as much as I realised. I now realise it did do. Um, and then I came back and I started riding again. And then I noticed things were creeping in slowly, slowly, slowly creeping in. And then I basically stopped riding. I wouldn't hack. Um, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't do anything. Mm. I couldn't even hack up the lane. I used to walk up the lane and back. I'd ride yeah. for fifteen minutes, um, and then I made. I was just talking to when when you're an ambassador, which I am at Flying Changes. You're you're given a mentor, but I got lucky and got two mentors this year. And one of them is Becky Holmes who's Wobblebury to one star. And she's just rang me to say, how are you doing? Are you all right? Are you going to be, you're going to be fine. And she, it reminded me of her story. So I went hacking on New Year's Eve. This is the reason why I met you, Jenny, mm. on my own, because um, I thought I'd go to the end of the road or end of the path and back. And then I got down to the end of the road and I thought, you know what, Jehovah, it's, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me at all. What I'll do is I'll go a bit further. And I went a bit further and I met this woman on the bridle path with the buggy, with the baby, with the funny ears who was screaming. And Dolly Span went up, nearly had my front teeth out. And I just didn't have any tools to make her. Most normal riders would say, come on, we're going. But I didn't. I froze, absolutely froze in fear. I mean, blackness, sweating. I was bleeding. I was in a right state. It wasn't her fault. It was my fault because I pushed myself too far. And that's when I went home and said, I've got to do something about this. And it took me four months to pick the phone up. Yeah. Crazy. And, you know, like, uh, just like Nadia suggested, sometimes this stuff just slips. You have no mm. idea the effect that something has. Like you say, you had an accident, it hurt. But, you know, this kind of idea of, we'll just get back on again. You'll be fine. It was only an accident. You weren't physically hurt. Even if you were sometimes, you know, crack on, you'll be all right. And often we don't notice the effect of it. We don't realise that actually what it is, is trauma. People don't think of stuff as trauma. They go, oh, trauma's, no, trauma's PTSD, trauma stuff that, you know, um, that, uh, people coming out of wars have, you know, that that's something that that's to do with horrible things that happen, you know, when you were younger or the nasty, horrendous things happen. Why would I have trauma when I, I'm a horse rider? Don't be ridiculous. But that's exactly what it is. And, and when you say, you have the freeze response. That is predominantly the main response that you get from trauma. But of course, you don't know this, do you? So, so you were kind of you tried to crack on, and you know you tried different things. But what what was it like when actually things were just shut down? Like you, you're a capable rider, but suddenly you couldn't. No, I mean I used to ride to a decent standard. Well, I thought I did anyway. But um, just you know, when someone says to you, they, you know, you, you get that feeling of you shake with fear. And then people say, oh, I, I, I've literally went blind. I would go blind with fear. I'd get mm. these spangly things. I can't even, it was, it was like someone wafting a scarf over my face. I couldn't see, I couldn't speak properly. Um, it's, I, I, and I, I've always liked to be in charge. I'm very much, a, I like to organize and be in charge. And I wasn't in charge. I couldn't control how I was feeling. And it was the weirdest thing. And I didn't want to tell anyone because I thought people would see it. But I didn't want to explain it to anyone because I thought no one else felt like this. It was so weird. And the other thing about riding is, is that people don't really talk about 
how they feel. Well, they do more so now, but um, they don't really talk about how bad their riding is. They talk about how great they are, you know, and I was embarrassed. I was really embarrassed. I was just, I'd got everything I'd wanted. I bought my horse, you know, I, I had everything I could want and I couldn't ride her, mm. you know, and it took, so a friend of mine said to me at the yard, you need to go and speak to someone. And I kept putting it off and off and off and off, thinking, I'll ride out of it, I'll ride out of it, it'll be fine, I'll ride out of it. Just like Nad said, I was embarrassed, really embarrassed. Not anymore, I don't care. <clears throat> you know, I think we need to talk about it more, about fear, because it's it's all in our, all of us, and you can get to the other side of it. You know, it's just, you just know, need to know how to do it or learn how to do it. Yeah. And it's so true, isn't it? People say, oh, I'll just ride out of it or I'll just get a different instructor or we'll just break it down or I'll just keep doing it. It'll be fine. But, and you tried that. So what was happening when you were trying that? Oh, it's just. So it was just it is like a sea, isn't it? Confidence. It draws you out. It draws you in. You have your high points and your low points. So just when you think you're just at that peak where the water might fall over the hill and run downwards, it draws you back out again. But it was just everyone. So. I think one of the key things is, like Nad said last night, support is everything. And when I went and spoke to my yard owner and said to her, you know, I'm terrified, I'm scared, she was like, it's fine, we'll help you. And the support I had from, I still do now at my yard, every win is a win for everyone. And that has been key, you know, is that to talk to people and say, I'm not feeling the love for this, I, I, I'm scared, I'm really, really scared. Um, but you've got to talk about it. Don't hide it. Don't don't hide it at all. And you'll feel better if you speak to someone about it as well. And that's the best thing I did. I spoke to someone. They passed on information. I spoke to you. And, you know, that's we're three years in now. So you say it was embarrassment and you say you thought you could just ride through it. Was that all it was that was stopping you from getting help or was there anything else? Well, I don't think so. I think... I felt like I let myself down, you know, really let myself down. Um, one of the things you learn, you know, on Flying Changes in Eden is the whole imposter syndrome. I was like signed up member because I wouldn't, I wouldn't admit to myself that I needed help. Mm. That I could, or, you know, um, it's, it's really hard to explain. It's so hard to explain when you're in that whole dark place and you can't tell anyone. Well, you try and explain it. And there's always someone at the back going, just snap out of it. And you think, I wish I could. Yeah. I really yeah. wish I could. Just crack on. Oh, yeah. yeah crack you. on. You'll yeah. be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. I could ride I'll him be for fine. you. Yeah. I don't want you to ride him for me. I want to ride him. Because that is often something that people say, actually, isn't it? They'll go, look, I'll ride it. And then you'll see it's fine. And for you, I mean, you know, we're not going to go into detail exactly of what it is that went on for you unless you want to. But, you know, it, 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 does it help if someone else rides your horse and you go, okay, thanks, great, now I can see it, it can do it? Does that help you? It didn't Did that then, it does now. Yeah. It does now. Because then I can sort of um, sort of see what I'm doing wrong or be a bit yeah. more, you know, but then, no, I hated it. But uh, I, I hear this, you had to be, you know, <laughs> the horses have to be ridden, don't they? They have to be exercised. Mm. But um, so my... Oh, on my journey, as you know, I had uh, a brilliant hacking friend like Nadia did, a buddy. And my friend Tina um, has basically 
she was just brilliant to me from the moment i started flying changes she said to me we're going to do this slowly and we're going to do it whatever you want to do we'll do it together and she held my hand um and and all the way through it and it was i spoke to her about it and how bad i felt and especially things like when you're going hacking you can only hack to the end of the road and back and you spend 25 minutes tacking up and you're out for four and a half you know but she but she would say to me we'll just go to the tree we'll just go to here how do you feel are you all right or do you want to talk about it or things like that you know so once you start talking you you you, you, you release something and you feel better about it and you realize you're not alone you know it sounds so weird doesn't it it sounds such sounds a bit woke but do you know what I yeah mean? And, and this is the thing that I think, you know, you say we need to talk about fear more often. And that's why this week exists, because this week is talking about the things that we don't talk about very often, you know, um, and getting honest and, and, and talking about the stuff that, that doesn't have a platform in the equine world for some reason. What is it do you think that stops you or stopped you? Because now you do talking about fear. And, and what was it that made you think you sounded that way? That sort of, uh, you know, well, you, no one likes to hear you complain, do you? Do they? You know, if you ask someone, "Hello, how are you?" and they went, "Wait," you know, you just go, "Oh my God!" You know, here we yeah. go. You know, but 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 do you see what I mean? So you just don't want to be sound like the moaning mini at the back of the the queue all the time. But my fear was so bad that so I I, I used to jump. No problem. Well, you know, I always had a bit, everyone does a bit in the back of your mind going, I hope he goes over it. But, yeah. you know, and I used to go home to Ireland and do cross country events and ride in fields and, you know, it wouldn't bother me at all. And then after the accident, uh, um, I couldn't even trot over a pole. I didn't canter for about a year. I was scared. Mm. I was truly mm. scared. I couldn't, um, I'm not a big fan of arenas where Nads likes it in the, in, I, I, I'm not a fan, I'm not a fan. I like to be out. Um, I love cross country, I'm passionate about it. I like speed, which is weird because I have a fear of it. Um, <laughs> but now. It doesn't, doesn't make sense. <laughs> so, so to go from, you know, having all these photographs and memories and things like that of you charging around cross country to two things happening, and it all disappears. I couldn't go over a pole. Uh, I could trot over a pole, but I was terrified to canter over a pole on the floor. It's just basic riding, isn't it? It's basic and this stuff. is the thing, you know, like, you're just beating yourself up about it, weren't you? I mean, I know you came to camp and you were having jumping lessons and you just couldn't canter over the pole. And there was no logic, none at all. No matter what your instructor did or tried, as soon as you got near that pole, you'd pull back into trot. And it was like it was um it was a, an unconscious reaction that you were having to pull back into trot. And this is the thing about fear, isn't it? It's not logic. There is there is no logic to it. It doesn't matter what someone is screaming at you or how tiny the thing is, it's a pole on the floor. If you can trot it, you can canter it. You used to be able to do this, you can do that, you should be doing this. That logic doesn't work, does it? Because the fear just shuts you down, doesn't it? Yeah, completely. I, uh, <laughs> but weirdly, I can canter down. I can canter up steps across yes. country, <laughs> but I can't go around a pole in a in an arena. It just doesn't make sense, does it? Well, you can now. It, can now, yeah. But uh, at the time, I remember when I went to camp, and um, 
I said, oh, God, what have I signed up for? Oh, God, everyone's going to be laughing at me. And I went and it, it, it was great because you could talk. It was literally like you could talk and, you know, everyone would just listen and without any prejudice or, or, or assumptions of anything. And one of the, you know, I was explaining it to someone and it was like, so when you're trotting, when I'm cantering, so I can, I've moved on now. So I've gone from trotting over, a, I can trot over a pole to and then canter after it. So I would canter towards the next fence, which would basically be on the floor, be cantering along. One stride out, I'd start trotting again. And that went on for about six months. Mm. What's the reasoning behind that? But there's something telling me to slow down. So I now recognise that it's speed. So if I slow down, if I fall off, it wouldn't hurt. But that's just rubbish because more, it's more dangerous to trot in, uh, to canter, uh, trot into a fence than it is to canter into a fence. But it, it doesn't make sense. So basically what we had to do was turn that off and direct it another way. And then about about a year and a half afterwards it just clicked in it was it was just but it's all these other things and then it would project itself somewhere else <laughs> yes i'd be doing something and i think why am i doing that oh i don't like doing that and i think well you've never done that before oh, well you can canter a pole now but you can't so it, you know it's just fear represents itself in many many ways and it's just whether you let the chatter in and or if you don't let the chatter in it's chatter starts are you sure you want to do it? You sure you want to do it? You sure you want to do it? And you let it get too loud, but you have to learn to to turn the chatter down and yeah. use it as an impulsion, not as a pullback. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me, yeah. And I mean, what I remember you used to get so frustrated and angry with yourself because it didn't make sense, because you knew you could do it, but you couldn't. And And I think that was a major part of it as well, wasn't it? This frustration, this anger, this annoyance with yourself was a big part of something that we actually had to work through because that was what we call displaced. You, It was displaced anger. It was you were getting so frustrated and annoyed about it, but actually it wasn't necessarily related to the thing you were doing. No. I used to, I remember I had to change my hat after a year with you because I'd be doing something and I'd get so angry that I couldn't do it. I'd smack my hand with my hat. I actually had to change my hat. I was getting so aggressive towards myself. Wow. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Fra and oh. Fran would say, Fran is my instructor who's been fantastic, would say to me, first of all, she was like, oh, you're right. And I'm thinking, and in the end, just stop doing it. Just stop beating yourself up because you can't. You, it's going to come, but you just got to give it time. But I would get very, very, very angry at myself. I want to be like everyone else. I wanted to be like everyone else. I want to be on the team for 70, 80, 90. I want to be able to go in the group and go out and do all that. I can't. I couldn't get over a bloody pole on the floor. I just felt a bit frustrated. that I knew I could do it, but something was stopping me, and I just couldn't stop the stop stopping me. Mm. Thing. And then you end up in that wonderful cycle, don't you? That you, unless you know what to do, which of course you do now, and we've worked through it. But unless you know what to do about it, when you're in that point in time, first of all, there's the fear, which is frustrating and annoying and horrible. Like it's not a nice thing, is it? Fear, like we don't want that. Then it's illogical. So it's not even like you can you can go, oh well, I'm pushing myself too far or too fast, or there's a, an actual obvious reason for this or anything like that. So that then throws itself. Then you start to beat yourself up and you know be horrible to yourself about yourself as well, which then makes it worse. And you end up in this horrible, vicious cycle, don't you? Mm. That actually nothing is going to address unless you get 
the mindset help? Because no amount of physical stuff made any difference, did it? No, nothing, nothing at all. I was just, I know, I know. And people ask me about it and say, why didn't you get help earlier? But I just didn't, I thought I could ride out of it. I'm 50 mm. odd years of age, you know, I'm, I can put my pit knickers on the right way around and I'm allowed to vote, you know, I, I, I'm a pretty normal person. And I just can't control this bloody thing that was just appeared from nowhere. I woke up with it and it just wouldn't go away. Mm. but it was just it's it's i don't I, I it's just the weirdest i used to get terrified so i couldn't hack couldn't hack alone couldn't hack let alone alone couldn't go anywhere but um when i finally did start hacking on my own this is just before just before camp i made a point of saying right let's see if i can just hack on my own and then i won't need to go because I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to, you know, not, I didn't want to go. Well, I didn't want to go, but, you know, and um, I got, I'll never forget. I've never told anyone this. So I went out, went right at the lane where we are. We live, we're out in the middle of Surrey Hills. It's beautiful. There's, you could go for miles. And um, as soon as I got out of earshot or eyeshot, I got off and walked. So I was so scared. But I came back and told everyone that I'd been around. So I lied to myself. Mm. That's when you. What did that feel it. like? Yeah. But I was more worried about what they thought of me. Yeah. Because I already hated myself. Mm. You know, it's. But people, you don't talk about it. And then I went to camp, and people were just like, "Oh yeah, I'm like that." And you thought, like, "Oh my god, there's a gang of us now." Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, but but it's just the whole, and also my fear, also, so I, I'm from a big Irish family, and um, my dad, God love him, he's dead now. Um, who loved horses, um, uh, he was very, he was never very. It sounds terrible me having to go at my dad, but um, I will because he's my dad. But he was never very supportive in the sense of, you know, you can do it you know like you, you you know you 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 know I'm behind you he'd never tell me he was behind me or well done I don't think my dad ever told me well done in fact I can't even remember I couldn't tell you in the last well my dad died in 2012 so it won't be in the last couple of years because he's obviously not here but prior to that I can't remember the last time my dad told me he loved me but it was a different era very male dominated era so I think also some of that crept in as well am I good enough Am I, would he like it? Would he, you know, would he be proud of me? And there was just too many kids and not enough money and not enough time. It wasn't my dad's fault. It was just how parenting was done then, I suppose. But I, I think I added a bit of that in as well. I thought, well, if I'm going to go down, I might as well chuck the whole, take the whole thing. Oh, down yeah. When you're going, just take it all with you as well. Yeah. <laughs> Blame everyone yeah. else except myself. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, you know, so there was a bit of that to deal with as well. But, then we met it's all changed and the love story began indeed <laughs> so what was the pivotal point what was the point at which you realized you were in that horrible place you were blaming everything else everyone else uh you were embarrassed you were fearful nothing made sense it didn't matter what you did nothing worked all the logic stuff wasn't happening all of that stuff and i, I make it i'm hamming that up because i know there are people watching and listening that are resonating with this who are going yeah 
I kind of feel that right now. They might feel it hugely. They might feel it just a little bit. But people are people are already saying, you know, I love the authenticity. I love the fact this is real. I get this. Like this resonates. So, what changed? What changed was I nearly sold my horse. So camp is in. I was in June that year. Yeah. Last, uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think I just completely lost the plot and think, oh, I can't do this. I can't. She's not right. She's not right. And Lynn Roberts, bless her heart, was like, no, she she is. She's right. She, you're you're going to be fine. We're going to do it. Yeah. And everyone, like I said, everyone at my yard never once had said to me, yeah, get rid of her. They were always like, you can do this, you know. And that is, I know like Nad said it, but that for me has been key, absolutely key. Because when I walk in, they'll always say, if I put something on Dolly, they'll all message me. Well, no, they won't all. But like some people say, well done. And there's a great support for it. But I was going to sell her. And um, so I put her up for sale. <laughs> she was up for like 12 hours and had about four, four or five people um, coming up to see her. And uh, this one girl turned up. I won't say how old she was, but she was a lot, lot, lot younger than me. And I can't remember who it was because I always thought it was someone else, but they said it wasn't them when I asked them. Someone said to me, okay, so you're selling the horse, you're selling Dolly. And I said, yeah, I'm going to get another one that I can I can start all over again and we're going to be great and everything. And they said, that's not solving the problem, Sue, that's moving the problem. And that really resonates and resonated with me. And I thought, actually, she's brilliant horse. She's everything I could ever want. She, she she's just she is lovely absolutely lovely um and uh i thought no and i cancelled the sale and i felt so bad about it because this poor little girl had had her heart set on it but i cancelled the sale and that was it right we're going to camp we're going to camp and we're gonna really try and i went to camp and um i'd never been to anything like that i wasn't allowed in the pony club yeah um wasn't posh enough and we didn't yeah. have one in South London, funny enough. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not so much of it going on there, is it? And um, I I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I just thought all these people, everyone had a different thing, but everything sort of, you could run a piece of cotton through it. Everyone had similar things. Everyone was tied by this one thing. And I came back from camp. I was like superwoman. I remember I finished camp on the sunday went to work on a saturday i was like right we're hacking and i sent you that video and i was absolutely going up the clappers and it just it just it, the hacking was sorted straight away well no not sorted mm. but we just got a little bit further a little bit further a little bit further um, yeah. again with tina um helping me and stuff like that and then we started on the jumping and it's still ongoing indeed and what were if you can remember, because obviously some of the stuff we do isn't designed for you to remember what we're doing. Like when I work one to one, it's just designed to get a result. I don't sit and explain it to you. But of course, having been part of Eden and being ambassador, you've, you know, looked online and the online learning and you've heard some of it explained and I have explained some of it. And I, and I do that with you guys. What do you think were some of the things that really made a difference? Can you remember any real light bulb moments or any any things that kind of clicked? Or was it just that you were cracking on and things were just doing their stuff along the way? Because it's different for different people. And I've never mm -hmm. asked you this. I've never said, is there a pivotal thing? That's really hard to say. <laughs> um no i can't because you brainwashed me um no uh, <laughs> it's the voodoo wasn't it that's what you kept calling it this this witchy stuff <laughs> yeah no i um the 
uh, I think we've done it in Eden because I'm also a member of Eden Mastermind. Um, is the TV, yeah, yeah. TV screen, yeah. and um, put something on it, or the skip. I love the skip one where you throw it, you throw everything in the skip. Yeah, find your find your nice place and throw it in the skip. Um, yeah. But the TV was was big for me. Yeah, that yeah. totally. And I remember we had a conversation when I did the tra uh, premiere transformation. I was next door in the room and um, we were just, you, we did an exercise and you said to me afterwards, it was really chilling out. And you said to me, oh, you're right. And I was like, yeah, what were we doing? Because yeah. it was just, it, 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 I was so into it. But the TV one definitely worked for me, definitely worked for me. And yeah. also just learning, you, you kept saying to me, slow, slow, small steps, small steps, small steps. That's That's been my key. What was it Nadia's thing with yesterday was? I'm I'm great. I'm I can do this whatever it was. Oh, her, in this in this moment I am fine. That was her yeah. mantra. That's one I mine, teach a lot. Mine was in, slow, in... slow, slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you are driven. You are slow. hugely driven, hugely successful in your career. Hugely you want stuff, you go, you get it. And I think yeah. one of the interesting things with you was the frustration that you had that you wanted it, you couldn't flip and get it. And so yeah. when you did start to get it, you wanted to be doing it now. Right, yeah. come on, I've got this now. And it was like, wait, no, don't tell me to wait. I've got it now. And it's like, we haven't actually you haven't yet. So you're getting there. It's it's good, but wait. One of, um, one of, it was quite hard telling you that. <laughs> one of the things Nadia was saying she wanted to go to Hoy's, wasn't it? Where was she going? Yeah. Hoy's? I can't. I wasn't that I wasn't that bad. I didn't want to go to badminton. I wanted to do 70. Ooh. Cant around a 70. Yeah. I look at it now and think, you. Bloody idiot. You couldn't even go over a pole. But at the yeah. time, I really wanted that, and that was it. And I wrote it down. In fact, I found my – you're like this. I found yeah. my sheets. I found my sheets from two yeah. years ago. So this yeah. is my first – you know, we did last night you did the confidence circle. That's I found it. my yeah, circle. Yeah. Confidence, oh, yeah. It? And my I can't find it. The first thing it says is, get on. Yeah. That's all. That was all I wanted. Look, one, why can't I find the camera? Oh, all, it, one it's... thing bit bright but yeah get on yeah that was what was in your comfort zone at that point in time did you date yeah. it yeah from two years ago yeah 22nd to the 11th 19 get on yeah. and then yeah. the following following month get on and walk to the tree and and last night's one is full up oh, I, I still can't work this out full, full up. up oh it's full up there's the yeah the comfort zone there you go yeah that just says it beautifully doesn't it but you didn't fill it up by just doing it all no, you have to do it slowly. You have to do it slowly. Stop laughing at me. I'm, no, I'm laughing because it just, everyone always says, which I mean I can't stretch it more than 10% maximum. Each time I want to stretch my comfort zone, well, sometimes it's 1%, sometimes it's 5 sometimes you can do the 10 but never more than that. People are like, why not? And it's like, just trust me, you will get there faster. When we're dealing with fear, when we're not dealing with fear, crack on. Like, that's fine. You can yeah. get places really quickly if there's no fear involved. And certainly if there's no past trauma involved. But you had a big accident. There's past trauma. Um, so that when I said to you, when I said to you, I had two things. One, obviously, I had the rotational fall at home. And um, I don't really remember it, to be honest. But the second one was the hacking. Yeah. So if I'd gone out that day on my own and gone to that first step, turn around and come home, I probably wouldn't have gone to camp. Yeah. But I didn't. I pushed my comfort zone. 
not stretch. I went into full on panic, didn't I? I crossed the road. I went to somewhere. I went on my own. But that's what you learn. You learn little, like Cassie Casby says, tiny, yep. attainable, tickable targets. Little, little, yeah. little. You know, it's take your time. Yeah. This is your journey. There's no ticking clock on this. Slowly, no. slowly, slowly. Because it will all funnel into everything will come together and you'll be off running. Yeah, that's so it. You've got to embed time. it. It's got to stick. It's got to stick. It's got to stick. And then you can build on it. And it's the foundation of the wall, isn't it? It's the little tiny, tiny bricks make a great foundation. The big ones, if you put them in and then one of them's got a crack in it or it wasn't formed properly, if that goes, the whole wall falls down. But if yeah. you put in the little bricks, little bricks, little bricks all the time, if you lose a little brick along the way because it wasn't formed properly, it wasn't quite, a, the whole wall isn't going to fall down. You've just got to refill that brick. Yeah, but also the other thing, so about, um, so about I don't know, um, a month ago, I didn't have a very good, I didn't have a very good week. I had uh, all weekend. I Everything I did went wrong. It wasn't working. I, I, I wasn't, I, I just, I had a jump lesson. And I just, I just couldn't get it. I just, I didn't, I was scared, but I can say that now I was scared to do it. Hmm. And, um, I went home and I put on Dolly, I'm going to take a couple of steps backwards and then, you know, then I can move three steps forward. And it, it, it's like, now I know I can do that. I can step back to go forward. Yeah. But if you asked me two years ago, I would have gone, I don't want this. I must be around smashing things. And I was being so aggressive. I'm actually smacking myself on the head and making myself cry. But why can't you talking to myself as if I was, I'd never speak to anyone else like that. Why am I talking mm. to myself like that? But that's mm. what you learn. You have to, you have to say, do you really want it? Do you yes. really, really want it? And that is all I ever wanted. All I've ever wanted. And mm. and though, so that's why I want to work towards it. But you've got to be kind to yourself. Fear is a terrible thing. It plays, it comes in all forms and it, it comes in sound, it comes in vision. It makes you shake, it makes you physically sick. It makes you embarrassed, it makes you upset, it makes you scared, you know, um, tremble, all the, all the emotions that you, we don't like to feel. And it repeats itself. It visits you again and again and again. And people think, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll ride out of it. I'll, I'll be fine. No. Go, put your hand up. Ask for some help. Even if it's, you, don't, you know, even if it's not us, tell someone, say to someone, I'm not feeling the love for this hacking. Can you come with me? Hmm. Or ask your instructor. Or I'll tell your yard, you know, I'm not feeling this. Can, can you help me? You know, because I should have done it years ago. I really should. But, you know, but it's so much better now because I've learned that, you know, that yeah. you have to do it slowly. And I think there's pain. two things. There's two things there, isn't there? One is that you've learned how to be kind to yourself. You've learned some tools and techniques. You've learned the things you need to learn. But the other part is that we actually went in and, and did some rewiring. You know, we actually went in and removed the trauma, removed the memory, removed the thing. You know, you say to me, I can't really remember that now. Good. No. Good. <laughs> That's good. You know, let that be because we have to sever the wiring because the problem with fear is what happens is when something traumatic or fearful happens, two neurons fire together and then they get stuck firing together. 
And then so if anything ever triggers one neuron, it will fire the other one, which goes panic, freeze, you know, yeah. all sorts of technical things, amygdala hijack, whatever you want to call it, you know, adrenaline, da -da -da -da, all this stuff. And every time that that thing gets triggered and we found for you, it was a certain speed that would trigger it. That was that was the thing. As soon as you hit that certain speed, your brain went, no, 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 no. Shut down. Not going to happen. Yep. Pull back. And so we had to rewire your your relationship with speed to overcome that fear. And now you canter around merrily. Yeah. yeah. It's, if someone was asking me about my accident. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who. Well, at camp, obviously, we, we don't talk about accidents. And, everything, and everyone was sort of saying, well, I had this. And I was like. I can't even remember mine because not because I my I, I, I you know something I mean I had a bad fall mm. and it was horrible but I've been rewired so I can't I can see it I can see it now I could see if you said to me I can see it happening in front of me yeah, but, but the face isn't mine yeah. how weird is that how weird it's it's yeah, but that's what we want you to do it's not food <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we want you to do we want it to be that I can't come along. I always say I'm not manic men in black. I can't press the flashy thing and get rid of the memory. And actually, you don't want to because you will have learned things from that. But what we what we do need to do is remove what we call the association. So you are mm. having a, what we call a disassociated experience, which means that you see it happening as if it's someone else now. So, you know, it did. But you're like that thing happened. It's when it replays from your own through your own eyes again that we know every time you think of it, you're re-experiencing it. And unfortunately, what happens every time you think about a thing, you're re-experiencing it and the the fire, the neurons fire. Yes, fire. It gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And the other thing, and I know that you, you love this as well, is that the more times you tell someone that something happened, the stronger it becomes. And, and we do it, don't we? Because you want people to know why you are feeling the way you're feeling. So tell us about your experience of that, of, of oh. don't tell your story or tell your story. Just you have to justify why you feel like that, and also yeah. the other thing about that is it's got you go from you go from oh I was out riding I had a fall or I was out cross country and had a fall and I was like I was at this international event doing a hundred. <laughs> you're thinking it's like Chinese whispers. You add a bit more on every time, and yeah. and the, it, it gets so big. You have to really think. You have to remember every part of it because you told someone the other week it was a hundred and told someone else it was a ninety, and you can't remember what the bloody hell you said. Yeah. You know. So you have to, that's why it's better just for, to forget it, forget yeah. and get, get, get the trauma out. Otherwise, you know, you could just go on forever reminding people why you fell off or how yeah. you fell off. And you're just but dragging you, it with you. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. But you're doing it because you're justifying why you're at the point you're at. So it feels like I, I need to tell people this. I need to tell people why I'm not as good as I used to be. I need to tell people I can't counter a pole. Yeah, and it's like the job I do. You ask someone, what did the man look like who, you know, robbed the house? And he's he's eight foot tall with fangs, you know, and they make him out to be this big. And you're thinking, and he ends up being a five foot five bloke from Solihull, you know, and you just think, what happened there? Well, he looks scary to me. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And that's the thing with memory, though, is is although we think we're recalling the thing, we're not We're recalling the memory of the thing which then we recall the memory of the memory of the thing and then the memory of the memory of the memory of the thing. And that's how it grows. And we add in detail and we forget some of the stuff we needed to remember sometimes as well. Like the fact that actually it happened because we were letting the horse bowl on or we didn't check them or we didn't half hold or we were over the shoulder anyway, or we'd look somewhere else or all these things that actually was the real reason it happened. 
not because you know the tree grew teeth and whatever it was that we then start telling people that you know the ground was so horrendous or whatever it was that ends up in the story later down the line but when i think about it now um i was talking to my sister about this actually um and she was saying but you, you know if you needed to you can remember your accent but you can't remember the last time your dad told you he loved you weird mm. isn't it when you think about things like that so you you we the brain tends to focus in on negatives yep as in so the the love side of it would be a joyous thing but you always remember good memories but you always seem to remember bad memories as well it's weird isn't it it, yeah, and the brain actually does that because um, it's a protect mechanism. All of this stuff that we've been talking about, it sounds silly, it sounds illogical, we're a bit embarrassed by it, you know, we're like, like you said, I'm 52, for goodness sake, so I could put my knickers on the right way around, you'd think I'd be able to do this stuff. Um, but actually what it is, is, is the brain just protects us. It just wants to keep us alive. And if something happens to us that it thinks, oh, my word, I want to avoid that, thank you, it does the most ridiculous and illogical things to get us there. But do you know what? They work they work because they they get us to avoid doing the thing that the brain is convinced is going to kill us, even though we know it's not. Otherwise, we'd have all given up riding. If we genuinely thought riding was as dangerous as we can feel in the moment of fear, we wouldn't be riding because we'd go, well, flipping heck, I'm not doing that. That's ridiculous, you know, and it just wouldn't exist. It's not It's not as, as scary as the brain is telling us in the moment when we're feeling fear. Yeah, and it's weird. When you ask people or you say to people, you you ride, they go, oh, you're really mad to do that. And you think, am I? Because we don't feel that fear. But when people look at riders, they think yeah. we're really, yeah, we all think we're mad. We're well, not mad, yeah. but like, oh, you're brave. Am I? Yeah. Am I? Yeah. It's only 15 toes. Well, yeah, exactly. But again, if you think about it, so they've never sat on a horse or they have once or everyone always goes, oh, I sat on a horse once. It bolted with me. It probably didn't. It probably walked off, you know, or trotted a bit and they didn't know what to do about it. Um but again, you know, that's out in their panic zone. Well, you don't get on a horse. Well, you do if you're Irish, don't you get on a horse and take it hunting? But you don't, you know, you don't get on a horse and suddenly you can ride it. You have to learn and go through it all. But of course, someone that has never done it or has done it once on a holiday or, you know, had that accident and or whatever and said, oh, I'm never doing that again. They they don't know that bit, do they? They don't they don't know the work and the and the effort that it takes to do that. Yeah. But it's just, uh, you know, going back to how how you sort of ride out. So, you you know, like you think you ride out of it. You, you, you know, I'll ride out of it. I'll ride out of it. I'm going to get over this. Well, that riding out of it does come into mindset as well because yep. you have to ride out of it the other side, if you see yes. what I mean. And, and, and that has been – so, that you know, having to not being able to go over a pole on the floor and then starting to canter over – a pole on the floor endlessly i can't tell you how many poles on the floor i've cantered over i mean in the three years i've known you i mean it's been thousands and thousands and thousands that's what's done it for me repetition and reassurance repetition reassurance repetition reassurance. and it's really 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 boring but it's like i i mean i'm not jumping anything high now you know compared to what i used to but everything, everything I do now, I see as an absolute bonus. Where I yeah. is a joy. I tell everyone, I went over. You know, I did forty today, forty in canter, and people think that's nothing, but that's a big achievement. That is a yeah. big achievement, and that's yeah. why I think once you've recognised you've got a problem and you get some help for it, everything you do after that is a bonus. One hundred percent. Yeah, totally agree with you.
cheer think, your, you know, cheer every every single thing you do. Yeah, that's exactly it. And you know, there is a reason that in the Eden Blueprint, which is kind of the steps we're going through this week, it's done a certain way. Which is the first bit is to recognise where you are and admit it and own it. The second part is what we're talking about tonight, which is about understanding fear, understanding mindset, understanding and getting the tools and techniques in place, rewiring the brain, doing all of that stuff, getting rid of the things that get in your way or at least rewiring them. We can't always get rid of them. Sometimes they're helpful. But then the next part is set the goal. We don't we, we sort of have an idea at the beginning where you want it to be, but you won't really set a good goal, will you? Because your fear will get in the way, you know, because yeah. and you think, oh, I can't do that. But once you've done the mindset stuff and you start setting the goal, then you set the goal that bit higher, don't you? Then you shoot for the moon because actually you think, yeah, I know I can do this. I've just got to do the right steps. Then you start doing the crack on. Now you've got to do it. Now you've got to get it back in your body, back in your brain. Remember, it's OK. Start cracking on and, and push through. But you can't do the pushing through until you've done the, the rewiring. Yeah, you know, you need the rewiring and you need to do the exercises and it's the first week of Eden a couple of months ago in January, I think it was February. And everyone was like, I said to them, you know, I've I've done this and um, I, I'm, I can prove I can show you, uh, you know, I'm proof that this works. How do you do it? You've got to do the math. You've got to do the exercises. You've got to get the mindset. You've you've and you've got to really want to do it. You can't don't mm. do half. You can't mm. do half. You've got to do it all. And it, uh, the first couple of weeks. When you start doing it, you think, this is mad. This isn't going to work. And then suddenly it will just, honestly, it's just suddenly it clicks. And I, I remember when I went riding and I'd done, I don't know, about six months. And I just thought, I want to go further. I want to go further. And you learn to turn the volume down and the fear goes, not goes away because it's always there. But you learn to say, this is my time now, mate. You get back in your box we're going to have a bit of fun and then I'll let you out again. And then it can continue in another way or whatever you want to do. But it's just do the program or do the math, do all, you know, do the exercises, learn mm. to put the, put the fear in a box at certain times. You've got to let it have a bit of air at some yeah. time, yep. but slowly it will, it will decrease. I still have fear now. I yeah, still, I'm scared to jump. I'm scared to jump, yeah. I'm, but I'm not ashamed to say it, but but you just got to tick away at it slowly, slowly. Um, the biggest hint I would give anyone who has fear of hacking, pick a tree. That's all I'm going to say. Go to the tree. Don't go anywhere else. You don't need to be going down the road and don't none of that. Pick the tree. One tree, one hack and walk back and forth and then get off and celebrate that. And then go a little bit further and a little bit further because that will contain your fear. You, you know, it's like you were saying earlier, Jenna, if you have this vast field, count around there 20 times, you know, break it down, make it smaller. And then, it, and, and then you know, and with the TV thing, you know, exercises, it, it really does work, mm. really does work. Honestly, I'm, I'm proof. <laughs> proof. And we can't wait to see you next weekend back at camp. Um, back at camp. So, um, you know, next phase of it, another year since you did it. Well, not quite a year. It was September because of COVID, wasn't it? But, you know, not far off a year since you were last there doing things. And I think since then you've completed a one-day event. Um, yeah, that was the weirdest thing ever. You know, that monsoon weekend we had, oh, you know, yeah. when it so we had dressage, even on the photographer's photos, you couldn't even see people. You see this woman in a red hat. 
pants at dressage. God, I hate it. Oh, I just don't get it. So weird. I just don't get it. Anyway, uh, but you have to do it for one day events. And then um, uh, show jumping. I tell you what, I was saying to Becky earlier, if I'd got scored on the warm-up, I would have won. She jumped everything in canter. It was amazing. I was only doing 55. Um, and then I went in the ring, jumped two. She refused the third. I attempted that three times. And then this woman came out and said, sorry, love, you've got to leave. Would you like to go? And she didn't even get the words, do you want to go cross-country out? I'd already turned right and gone. And we went around cross-country. But again, I wouldn't have done that two years ago because I was scared. Yeah. You know, I had the fear. But you've yeah. got to learn to contain it. And you can do it. Anyone who says they can't, they can. They can. You can contain it. Yeah. If I can do it, anyone can do it. And I think the interesting thing about that story as well was that you didn't beat yourself up and you didn't blame it or anything. You just knew that your horse just didn't like that jump. That was one of those things. Fine. But do you know what? You went and did all the cross country. <laughs> so <laughs> that was proof that, you know, that wasn't you, was it? It was clearly just Dolly had decided at that moment. No, I'm not really a fan of that one. Thanks. It was a brick wall or something anyway, wasn't it? It was one of those ones it, that most horses will go. It was shocking weather. So everything else yeah. was really nice. And then yeah. this one was horse and pony bright red with wings oh. and gut and things on top flapping. And she was like, I ain't having that. Where anyone yeah. else probably would have got it over, got her over it. Fine. But she's my horse. She didn't, she didn't want to take me over it. I don't care. Yeah. I'll go yeah. again. You just got to yeah. keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. And laugh. You've got to have some and fun I think as well. Exactly. Um, you know, what I really love is that you've gone back to some competitions where people have said derogatory things in the past and you've gone around, you've cracked on and, you know, you, you, you just kind of put two fingers up now. Not literally. Well, you might do. And, uh, and you just do what you want now, don't you? And what a difference that's made. I can't tell that tale because uh, no, no, that's fair enough. But um, but yeah, you've been to things in the to past. Me. Someone was very, very rude about my riding very early on at a competition and shouted in front of everybody, and I mean everybody. Why don't you go and get some help? And I did. And then a year later, I went to be. I went to Jay's thing. I don't know if I was speaking or something. I can't remember. And she was sat in the front row, and I just thought. You just, it's, but she probably said it at the time because they were all thinking that, but they don't yeah. realize that one thing, that one thing, but it's heartbreaking. Mm. Heartbreaking. Mm. The other thing else, other side of it is you could get a bit of a career going here. Me, not you. You've already got a career. <laughs> so my mate, Katie, um, sorry if this Katie. is boring you. My mate, Katie, I'll tell you this anyway. My mate Katie, she's 40, well, she was 43 at the time. She couldn't drive. Have you ever heard of it? No one, it's a 43 and can't drive. She's got kids and everything. And her mum wow. lived in Oxford and she lived in South London. And um, I'd had a bit of training with you, a bit of reassurance. And I said to her, why don't you learn to drive? And she said to me, oh, I could never do that, never do that. And I said, I'll tell you what, we'll meet halfway. I'll buy you your first driving lesson and get you the form to fill in to get your driving license. And we see how you go. And, oh, no, 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 no. So we, I got her the driving license. She got the driving license and she got the lesson. And we had about eight weeks of her um and an R in. And finally, she went and had the lesson. And she came back. She said, oh, my God, I can't believe it. It was brilliant. And I said, really? She said, yeah, I've booked 12. And he's told me to book my test in. And she passed first time. So you can use this in other ways as well. Do you see what I mean? So. Yeah. Uh, it's encouraging not only riders but people to yeah, I'm not saying go out and teach everyone to learn to drive and what I'm saying is is that you could 
you can you can bend it and shape it into other things. Like at work now, I used to be roaring at people, where now I just go, I want to think about that, mm. you know. Or you can you can you, you can use it everywhere. You don't even, and it makes you a much more stiller person. It does makes you think, you know. And the, like I said last night on the um, Zoom, the one thing it's taught me is to listen. Not that I've listened a lot tonight. I've just spoken. No, no, but it's about you tonight. It's fine. <laughs> Jabbering on. And speaking of which, so we've run out of time on the live tonight. So, but what we're going to do now is those of you who are VIPs, you get to come backstage and hear more from Sue and ask her any questions and hear some of the funny stories that she couldn't tell publicly. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, and, and hear some more of Sue's cracking one-liners. Sue's, Sue comes out with the best ones. I try and do an analogy. Sue sits there raising an eyebrow at me going, oh, no, where's this one going? Because some of them have failed a little as I've tried to Down do them the in the past. Usually. All right, yes, okay. <laughs> but, however, they have come a lot of the time from Sue's one-liners are fantastic. And to finish off, Sue, our favourite saying that you once came out with is confidence doesn't come doesn't in cans. Doesn't come in cans. Love it. So on that and note, we're going to finish up here. Do. I know, and if it could, we'd be selling it. I tell you, you and I would be millionaires. <laughs> So we're going to go backstage. So those of you that are VIP, you should have your Zoom link that came through in an email um, or possibly you might have even got it in uh, Facebook Messenger. Um, if there's any problems, drop us a, a Facebook message on the Facebook page, uh, the Flying Change Coaching page, and we will make sure we send your Zoom link to you. We're going to literally go straight over onto Zoom now. Um, but incredible thank you so much sue for everything and everyone uh, has put their comments if anyone's got any more questions or anything then drop them in the comments below on the replay if you're watching this on the replay as well and uh, we might be able to um myself or sue might be able to to answer them um later on but uh, we're going to go backstage so thank you so much sue and we'll see you in just a moment on zoom bye bye and I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. If you want to listen to more of them, then please do follow us in Apple, in Google and on Podbean. Hack Your Mindset with Jenny is the name of this podcast. So please do subscribe, follow us and we look forward to you listening into our next one. Bye, everyone.